is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to uh, the Immigration Hour here on America's Web Radio. Um, this is your host, Rocky Rockliffe. Chuck Cook, will, uh, co-host, will be along momentarily. Uh, I think we're going to put the over-under on when he comes in at 45 minutes. Uh, can't win any money betting, but you can win money if you log into AmericasWebRadio.com and register to win. Don't have to pay anything, do anything, but you can win some money. Isn't that right, David? Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. So we don't. So we don't need to bet on the over under on when Chuck's coming in from the gardening emergency. You can just log no. in, register, win some money. Uh, well, I tell you, we're going to be having the drawing uh, coming up shortly. I, I put it out there just to see uh, how the fish would bite. Yeah. And uh, it's it, frankly, it's been a lot slower than I would have anticipated. You know, get the word, get the word out. I'm getting. I'm trying. Well, I mean, it may take a little longer to get the word out, but people love free money. Well, I would think you know. I'd, and there's no obligation to purchase. Well, we ain't got nothing to purchase. You can have a. You can come by Rocky a meal that you could purchase that. I reckon. But anyway, <laughs> no, we have nothing to purchase. No, we're not gonna. Uh, we have it. Uh, can we use your name? Can we use your email address if you want? If you don't want, you check that. And, yep. And so and much hey, for if that. It, and, and if you don't want us to use, use your email address after you check, yes. You can still register for the hundred dollars and unsubscribe like everybody Absolutely. else does, but you're, probably, but you're probably not going to take time to unsubscribe because we've got great content and you're not going to get any crap emails from America's Web Radio. Now, what did you think about that email I sent you yesterday? Which email did you send me yesterday? About the doctor in Serbia listening to us. Oh on yeah, his yeah, international listeners. I'm not even going to try. I'm going to let you try to pronounce his name. Because I can't. I, well, I tell you what, I can't figure out whether it's coming or going because he emailed me back. Yeah. I, I emailed him and thanked him for the, you know, the the text message. Yep. And uh, and so he just signed it C S A B A, and uh, so I. But his first name. Well, I don't know whether that's his first name or yeah. his last name. Like Doctor. Serbia doctor, shout out to our international listener, listeners. Absolutely. You know we have some, and that's David. That's the great thing about the web, and you know, especially you know, hosting alternative media like this on the web is that you never. I mean, well, we always know who's listening. <laughs> people at Fort B. Maryland, but we you never you never know uh, the, the people that might be listening. I mean, they're in other countries, and you know the uh, the. Uh, I mean, it's a lump of the thing. I mean, the cause for liberty, and and you know, people that want to consume. More than just mainstream media, look to the web, and they look to uh, you know outlets like this to uh, to to get their news, and that, and that's the coolest thing about the web. And uh, there's all kind of shows out there tailored to everybody. Our show, we've got this one uh, tailored to uh, immigration. When I'm here, only by myself, you know, most of those some people are like, oh my gosh, this guy again. He's gonna, he's going to talk about immigration for like 20 seconds, and he's going to move on. Hijack the show and talk about something else. But I actually am going to be able today. Uh, I don't know if when Chuck gets here, if he's going to want to keep talking about this. But David, you know I'm a huge. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge sports fan. So whenever sports slash pop culture kind of collide with collaterally with what I do for a living. I'm always up to talk about. So you like the Boston Marathon? Is that what you're oh trying my gosh. to say? I wasn't going to talk about that, but okay, Meb, Meb has been here forever. Okay, he's it's not like he just got off the boat. Uh, he was, uh, I think he went to like UCLA or something like that. I mean, he's he's been around for a little while. Kudos to him for winning the Boston Marathon. But the athlete I really want to talk about, you may not have heard this guy's name. Um, one of my colleagues wrote a blog about him uh, last week. 
uh, just kind of you know pulling out the uh, similarities between his and and the stories of uh, a lot of other immigrants that are trying to come here to uh, you know make a better life for themselves. Do you know who Yasiel Puig is? No. Now, are you a baseball fan? Pardon? Not, are you a big baseball fan? Uh, you know, I tell you. You're definitely the demographic baseball is is uh, catering to no. right now because they're definitely not catering to the under twenty five crowd. No, I I, uh, I enjoy watching professional sports from the standpoint of watching their abilities and some of the plays that they can make. Uh, I, I was watching the Braves the other day, and I I'm not a big Brave. I'm not a big yeah, maybe you're I, a sports I'm, fan though. I've been there, done that, and, yeah. and uh, know all about those folks. And I'm I'm not a real supporter, but I love the, the things that they can do. I oh, I, I played second base for years and years and years. Nobody could take second base from me. And um, you know, Ugly made a, a play the other day that was just absolutely incredible. And I I like watching that. I yeah. don't. The best thing I've heard, and I heard it this morning. Uh, you know, when you go to a baseball game or, or any the basketball any game, it doesn't matter, events, yeah. and uh, you decide you're going to have a drink, that drink's going to cost you, not a Coke, but a, a mixed drink or something like that. Oh, a mixed drink's going to cost you way more than that. Oh, yeah. A beer yeah, is 18, $12. Yeah, $18, yeah. $20 for a mixed drink. Yeah. So, I love this. <laughs> have you heard this? No. <laughs> Somebody had done figured out, and they've gotten it approved by the whoever has to approve it, the Health and Drug Administration or whoever. Food and Drug Administration. Food and Drug, whatever. Um, They have come up with dried alcohol. And you take oh, it like, with you like, in a pouch. Uh, like rehydrate, like uh, dehydrated, dehydrate, essentially dehydrate. Yeah, which oh I never heard gosh. of. But the you can go in buy your four dollar Coke at yeah. uh, the Braves Stadium, or five dollars, dehydrated $6. rum in there, and just and, and dip then, it yeah. down in. Yeah. Now, David, I I love stuff like that simply because that is the market at work. Absolutely. I think that is awesome. And I don't, and it, I don't care if you drink, don't drink, whatever. You got to appreciate that. I mean, that's the, that's the market. That's the market filling a demand. But anyways, I like sports too. I do like it from the talent uh, perspective. Um, but I'm a way bigger uh, consumer, I guess, of the uh, the pop culture aspect of it. I love, I like the drama and and things like that. It's kind of like uh, somebody said one time, real sports is reality uh, reality TV for men, or you know, reality shows for men because it's just a bunch of. Uh, uh, you know, twenty year olds making a ton of money, not knowing what to do with it. But I kind of digress. I, I want to talk about Yusil Puig. He's for those of you who don't know who he is. He's uh, a Cuban born uh, player. Plays in the major leagues. Plays for the Dodgers. Got a huge forty two million dollars seven year contract. Um, the, actually, the largest ever that's uh, been offered to a runaway Cuban baseball player. But the reason I want to talk about it is because it highlights a lot of the. Uh, a the the problems with our immigration system and you know the risks and the the negative externalities for those that, that you know uh, ha, have listened before they know I love to talk about negative externalities uh, the negative externalities of of this just broken system that we have um, so anyways Puig is uh, like I said he's a, he's a Cuban uh, Cuban born baseball player he's you know he's risen through the ranks uh, of you know. Cuba's national team playing for their. I do t- know. Yeah. You know, he's okay. Yeah, uh, but you know, he, he's risen through the ranks, and and if you get to a certain level of baseball outside the United States for your national team, I mean, the other the other national teams in the world that are good, you know, like Venezuela, uh, you know, a lot of Latin American countries have really good national teams. But if you really want to make money, 
um, and you know pursue and and play with the best and be the best. You know that that old saying: you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Uh, you got to go up against the best uh, in the major leagues here in the United States. And it's very very difficult for a lot of these players to make it out of their countries, especially places like Cuba. Uh, Venezuela is becoming more and more difficult. But Cuba, for example, won't sign a uh, a major leaguer or excuse me, major league baseball won't sign a Cuban player who's essentially escaped from Cuba until they've gone to another country and established residency for a year. Now, I don't really know why Major League Baseball has that policy in effect because there's some very liberal uh, rules within the immigration system that make it relatively easy for one, if Cubans can just get here uh, to give them some sort of status. But regardless, uh, Major League Baseball has got this rule, and I'm sure it's you know the, the result of some negative externality associated with the immigration system and the types of visas that they, uh, they can get for these guys. So – Puig wants to escape Cuba. I mean, he's he's got to go somewhere, live for another year before he can come and be in the majors. He's got to make sure he maintains his you know level of fitness while he's uh, you know kind of I guess on the run for lack of a better term. So uh, what do you do when you you can't uh, when your country stops you from when your country won't let you leave? What, what do you turn to? You turn to the people that control that. Uh, that trade, and uh, you know, for uh, you know, for lack of a better term, it's you know, it's it's human trafficking, and and uh, you know, it it it, it gets a uh, you know, whatever you say, human trafficking, you know, automatically people start thinking of you know, uh, sex trafficking of uh, of children and things like that, and that's a component of it. But a lot, uh, I don't want to say a lot, but some of the things that people label as uh, human trafficking, are, I mean, are simply transactions that are uh, that are between you know. Criminal enterprises and individuals uh, to escape government oppression, um, and I would argue that you know a country that who, who's the bigger criminal, the uh, the enterprise that is accepting money to get people out of a country where there's a repressive regime, or the repressive regime itself. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave that to uh, to the individual listener to decide. So. So, anyways, Puig is—he uh, wants to get out of Cuba. Um, the the organization, uh, the Mexican drug cartel, the the Sates, I mean, they're really not a drug cartel anymore. Anybody knows about them? I mean, that that's just part of their part of their revenues. I mean, they're engaged in all other uh, all other uh, you know aspects of crime and things. But they control uh, the uh, because they're very strong on the Gulf side of Mexico. They control the uh, you know the, the the people trade for lack of a better term of you know people that want to get out of uh, Cuba and you know go to Mexico because it's uh, relatively it's somewhat difficult <laughs> if you haven't been paying attention to the news to uh, get out of Cuba via really any direct way to the United States. I mean the the Coast Guard pretty much has that uh, you know that that waterway between Cuba and Florida locked up. Uh, Still amazing that you know smugglers can get through, but just people that just want to come here and make a better life for themselves, uh, you know, get intercepted by the Coast Guard. I guess when you have huge ships and air assets dedicated to capturing non-criminals, that you're going to actually get all of them. The criminals are going to get away. Anyway, so uh, Puig, he uh, he ends up going through these intermediaries, these cutouts. Uh, Gets out of Cuba, goes to the Yucatan in Mexico because that's uh, if you look at a map. When I, I actually didn't even know how close uh, Cuba. Uh, 
you know Cuba was to uh, to the Yucatan Peninsula there. I mean, it's it's it looks like it might be closer than uh, than Key West is to, to Cuba. But so he gets out of Cuba, pays you know. There's you know there, there's really no exact story of what money changed hands or, or when it changed hands or whatever. But the bottom line is that he paid somebody paid on his behalf. Uh, this is where it gets really you know shady and sketchy. Is he he goes to Mexico, establishes his residency there. Uh, then there's some other shady characters that are involved in his uh, in trying to essentially sell him to a uh, sports agents that are kind of kind of bottom feeders here in the United States. That you know, tell him, uh, hey, yeah, we'll we'll front your whatever hundreds of thousand do- dollars of dollars to uh, you know spring you from the custody of this uh, you know this criminal enterprise, uh, so that you can come to the U.S. But we want twenty percent of your earnings for uh, for the rest of your life. Um, that sounds kind of like the government <laughs> saying, hey, we're gonna let you uh, we're gonna let you earn money, but we're gonna we're gonna jack uh, twenty. 30 40 percent of it uh for life from you so but so you have i mean it just goes to show that there's there's people that are willing to pay to leave repressive regimes uh they're willing to pay large sums of money and these uh these individuals they, they cut across all walks of life you have your uh you know uh you know cab driver all the way up to somebody who's got the talent of a major league baseball player and they're all in the all in that same boat they want to come here uh, to you know to contribute I mean there is a, I mean I don't care who you are Puig is uh, contributing to our economy I mean he somebody with a lot of money the Dodgers think he's worth uh, 42 million dollars over seven years uh, that's 42 million dollars that's going to be spent in our economy and not uh, Cuba's economy well, I mean it's a no-brainer why why wouldn't you want the guy here but People like him, and and you know, uh, like I said, cab drivers, you know, uh, clerk, administrative clerks, people from all walks of life are trying to come here, and they they have to resort to these criminal enterprises that uh, are really the only game in town when it comes to trying to get out of your country that is keeping you in. And it's uh, it, it it you know again, who's who's the bigger criminal there, the the country or the the criminal so called criminal enterprise helping them? Uh, we got to take a quick break here, and we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more about Puig. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del Grupo de Abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verifying your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour here on uh, America's Web Radio. It's your host, Rocky Rockle. Still solo, still waiting on uh, still waiting on Chuck. Uh-huh. 
over under. He's got thirty minutes to uh, to uh, hit the over under. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. But before the break, I, w- I was talking about Yasiel Puig and uh, you know kind of how his story highlights and uh, is very uh, is common. You know, a lot of people don't realize that this uh, this trade in humans exists and and in it. I know I'm going to get a lot. I would get a lot of heat from my colleagues for this, but human trafficking exists um, because, in a lot of ways, it's it's a negative externality of broken immigration systems, whether that's inbound or outbound. If you have countries that uh, restrict the flow of people out of the country, there's going to be an extra legal organization that pops up. And to uh, satisfy that market demand of people wanting to leave that country. And the, the problem with a criminal organization springing up to do that is that they can't adjudicate disputes and, and other things uh, via the, the normal legal process uh, that you know other business disputes are adjudicated through. And, and it's more often through violence and extortion that, that things are done. But I would argue that the bigger culprit in those situations are the governments that are perpetuating the existence of these criminal enterprises, much like you have uh, you have export controls in Cuba on people, uh, and, and other countries have this too, where they they're not letting their people leave because life sucks there. They, so if you're a government and you survive on the backs of taxing your people, you're not going to let them leave. So what happens? Criminal enterprises come in. Similarly to uh, countries like ours, where we have a market. Uh, you know, we've talked about it before on the show. We have a market demand for uh, for low skilled labor and, and high skilled labor here. Uh, and we have substantial controls on those uh, that we let that the government allows the market to bring in, and so the, the market's going to find a way. I mean, just like we were talking about with our dehydrated alcohol stuff, somebody's going to find a way to get around that stuff. And so you have trafficking organizations that traffic in people and uh, it, it, that are criminal because they're operating outside the bounds of the law, and and a lot of tragedy results from that because uh, their their disputes are settled uh, settled out of court. <laughs> uh, there, there is no court process, and so the the, the real enemy in that situation. Is not necessarily. I'm, you know, not absolving the, you know, the criminal organizations that traffic in people, uh, whether for profit or whether it's, you know, uh, some, you know, sex trafficking, whatever it is. I'm not absolving those individuals of the moral culpability of, of their actions, but they exist because the state has put controls on the uh, the import and export of people. People should be allowed to import or export themselves as they see fit, and and it, it results in uh, you know it, at least in, in Puig's case, you know he's he was able to uh, you know successfully get out and and get this contract. But it, it's interesting. He's uh, it's been reported lately that he's received death threats. Uh, that he's not you know complying with the terms of his contract in terms of you know surrendering all this money and. And I'm not. I'm not here to advise him on, you know, the uh, a the legality of that or the uh, should he, he do that or not. But the, you know, these organizations that engage in this stuff, I mean, they do their homework. I mean, they they know what they're doing. And and oftentimes you you would be uh, refusing to pay or will put family members at risk. Uh, it, it happens all over the world, and and you can't go to the cops because a the cops might be involved in it. You don't know. And you can't really say, hey, I committed a crime to get here and make a better life for my family, and now I'm being extorted. Um, it, it's it's really difficult uh, for people to get out of those situations. Uh, there are certain visas available to people who have been, been uh, victims of trafficking. And, and, and I like to distinguish between 
victims of trafficking and people who have simply paid a trafficker to get here because I don't necessarily think they're they're all vic- they wouldn't necessarily classify themselves as a victim. I mean, I definitely don't think Yasil Puig would qualify <laughs> categorize himself as a victim. I mean, he he. Uh, He's paid and will continue to pay people to uh, to come here. Whether uh, he should, you know, be forced to pay, you know, twenty percent of future earnings to shady agents in Miami, you know, remains to be seen. But again, it just it goes back to the point that this kind of thing will continue to happen uh, throughout the world as long as governments, uh, you know, for lack of a better uh, description, have import and export controls on people. Uh, because people are a factor of production, it's labor, and and they want to move around, and they should be able to move around. So long as David, you know how I feel about this. Come one, come all. So long as you can support yourself, I don't care. And it, you know, it, it we say it all the time. This is and an his home address. <laughs> you can come, come over and me. stay. Come with stay with Rocky. me. Come stay with me. You know <laughs> the one thing that Cuba will not export. What is that? They're fifty-two Chryslers. And you know what? They could make some serious cash if they would because those, they, these things are everywhere there. Well, they're with bailing wire, right? You know? <laughs> well, somebody here could restore them. I, you know, one of the funniest things I've ever seen was – it was some kind of news clip or something. Yeah. But, you know, they do have rather old automobiles in Cuba. That's what like happens when you're stuck in 1959. Yeah. And uh, they uh, – you know, here was the proud owner of his 1952 Chrysler – and he was being pushed. <laughs> no, I, it wasn't wrong. No, no, no. But it could I think be I've seen, I, I think I've seen the same. It, is it like? A, is there kind of a beach panoramic in the background? I I can't remember. Yeah, I think I've so seen that picture. But, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just uh, it, they're stuck in 1959, and for us to still treat them the way we do in terms of embargoes and travel restrictions, I mean, that says more about how stupid we are than about them. I mean, Q is just, I mean, it's uh, its ripe for the uh, economic exploitation of its own people, you know, and just, hey, stop treating them like they're uh, some some rogue nation. They're not a threat to us, you know. Then maybe, then maybe, then maybe uh, quality baseball players will go up here. I can we'll remember when they were, though. Yeah, were they ever a threat or were the Russians a threat? Come on. Well, what was know, Cuba going to yeah. do? It has the population of like a couple of states. It wasn't going to do anything. You know, that, but Russia could have, and they were yeah, they letting Russia have. on their land. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I, I think uh, it's, a, it's a similar scenario in uh, the Ukraine now, or could be. Could uh, be. But, the, David, the Cuban thing was 40 years, 50 years ago almost now. Get over I it. We got to get over it. We got to get over it. We got to get on those beaches down there. Well, I, I uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you can. You just don't go in the front door. You go in the back. Door. Go in the back door. Try to go through Venezuela or whatever. But then, then that's when you get no, into Venezuela, the whole. Shady, I wouldn't. <laughs> that's when you get into the whole shady thing of paying people for visas and, and getting around travel restrictions. And I'm cool here in Georgia until uh, until it's legit. I think Cuba <laughs> likes George George Washington. George Washington. They probably have more cash than we do. They might. They might. I mean, it's essentially I mean, it's de facto currency uh, of uh, of the island. Their their printing presses probably go as fast as the ones goes. at the White House. That's why we keep changing the currency. All the printing presses we gave out to Cuba and Iran in the in the uh, early fifties had to ch- keep changing the dollar bill so they couldn't uh, counterfeit anymore. But meanwhile, 
we're counterfeiting our, our own money with ones and zeros. That's a shout out to Janet Yellen. All right, we're going to get back to <laughs> back to the immigration topic. I know people are like, "Oh my gosh, when is Chuck going to get there?" Stop talking about these crazy things. I listen to this show for immigration topics. <laughs> when is when are David and Rocky going to stop talking about that stuff? All right. Next thing I want to talk about. Um, one of my uh, kind of my pet topics. We've talked about it here before. Uh, the immigration bed mandate. Okay, for those uh, for those who uh, maybe first time listening or, or haven't heard us talk about the immigration uh, detainer or bed mandate, Congress uh, through the function of contracts with private corporations that run prisons basically has a quota. Can't call it a quota. They are. Uh, what, what is the word they use? Uh, enforcement goals or something priority, some some crazy name that they've come up with so that they don't use the word quota. But it's a quota. It basically says we have to have a certain number of beds filled every night with immigrant detainees, and that number has arbitrarily been set at 34,000 people. You know, it's arbitrary. Why, why isn't it 12,000? Or better yet, if you're really into enforcement, you know the the number of you know undocumented immigrants here you know hovers between eleven and twelve. That's what I hear all the time. Why why, why don't we have a mandate to uh, to detain all of them all the time? I mean, so this thirty four thousand number is dumb. Uh, it's dumb to have any type of quota on the number of people you're going to detain. You know, I've compared it in the past to uh, some local jurisdiction saying we want to maintain ten thousand people a night in detention for. Speeding, improper lane change, leaving their trash can out in the street too long. I mean, something absurd like that. Those are civil violations of the law. We talked about. I talked about it last week. I, I don't find uh, any moral culpability associated with civil violations of the law. Those things aren't criminal, and but we we treat them like criminals. So Congress has this bed mandate, and the way that they uh, essentially the way they enforce it. Okay, it's going to become much more difficult to uh, to enforce it over time. But the way they enforce it is that whenever uh, this this program called Secure Communities um, that started several years ago, that ba- basically the way it functions without getting too technical is when somebody is uh, arrested by local authorities for some sort of minor traffic offense, and then they're you know questioned, prints are run through uh, the the you know vast number of databases maintained by the federal government you know uh, how many i think i'm in like 15 or 20 you're you're probably in about the same you know number of databases with your fingerprints from the federal government like this guy's crazy we got to monitor him so the secure community thing when when uh, non-citizens are arrested their fingerprints are run and, and ice is informed and ice will issue uh this form called an i-247 immigrant detainer that says hey uh, we'd init- we've initiated an investigation on this person. Please detain them for 48 hours, excluding holidays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Because huh, enforcement—it's uh, a high-priority activity. It Monday has to through Friday. It, it has to do with national because every time we talk to one of these ICE guys, they're like talking about enforcement priorities and national security and all this stuff. Like, got it. So clearly, it's a priority Monday through Friday. Holidays, Saturdays, and Sundays don't count towards your 48-hour time to go get these people. So that in and of itself, I mean, I can make fun of that all day. That's just dumb. If you if you really think you're on this national security gig and securing everything, that doesn't sleep, okay? Get somebody on it. I mean, I don't think they should because I don't think it really has to do with it, but they love to claim that they're, uh, you know, they're on watch, that 
they're they're protecting us from you know criminal criminal immigrants. Why don't they don't take it's off absurd. the weekends and who yeah. cooks the hot dogs? I don't know. <laughs> you know they gotta have they gotta have their picnic. Hey, gotta have a picnic. Gotta do something. You know, God forbid that they actually run a schedule where people are uh, actually working on Saturday and Sunday. But hey, the less they work, you know, the better it is. I think for for people. So. They have 48 hours to go and get somebody at one of these local facilities that uh, participates in secure communities. Now, some facilities uh, and some jurisdictions have gone farther and participate in a di- uh, different federal program. And I'll, I'll briefly describe it here uh, but before we take a break. It's called uh, 287G, which is its name for the section of the Immigration and Nationality Act that it was it's passed under. And basically, one step more than secure communities, where these local jurisdictions essentially uh, have officers that masquerade as immigration and customs enforcement agents, uh, as immigration officials, and so the the detention and the detention process of those people and passing them along to ICE is much more efficient. It would make the Germans proud. Uh, Listen, I, every time I go out for Mexican food, I wear my ICE jacket and my windbreaker. <laughs> it's amazing how fast so I get to see. Up. That's so messed up, David. He's joking, everybody. He would do some crazy like that. I saw you in yours the other day. I mean, not half of Shambly. <laughs> You want to get something done, yeah, throw a police or an FBI jacket or a DEA jacket on or something like that. But, yeah, you have this 287G uh, program where these these function, they act as kind of federal immigration agents. And well, we have the that backdrop, and we'll come back from the break and uh, expand on how secure communities and uh, 287G are just uh, killing liberty. Soy Charles Cook, abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Llámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, si ha sido arrestado, si se casó con un ciudadano o tiene una oferta de trabajo. Nosotros le podemos ayudar. También podemos explicar cómo, qué puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, 404-816-8611, o visítenos por el internet al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour here on America's Web Radio. It's your host, Rocky Rockliffe. Chuck's getting close to that. Uh, he's got 15 more minutes. I'm taking the uh, – I think you're going to take the over, aren't you? It's going to be more than 45 minutes. I'm, I'm going to have a little faith. I'm going to say the under. I think I think he'll be here uh, – I think he'll be here in less than 15 minutes. Uh-oh. Door just opened. It might be him. It's the – Oh, man. I, I had the over under 45 minutes on when you were coming. David had the over. I had the under. Oh, man. <laughs> anyways, anyway. Gardening emergency today, David. All right. We're going to take – Garden emergency. Gardening minute. No, no, no. We just had the break. We're coming back. We need I'm a gardening minute. It's been like three weeks. Today is the first day of the radish. I love radishes. Oh, oh so do I. Because you, you, you can't not successfully plant a radish. 
<laughs> I think radishes would grow on concrete, which is kind of what my garden seems to be like with all this rain we're getting again. But uh, uh, you know how to make them really hot. Don't you? The more fertilizer you add, the hotter they get. Is that what it is? And, that and particularly works? if you were to add some good manure. Uh huh. Is that nice and hot? Oh, I did not know that. I did oh not know that. yeah. Did they, not know that. They'd uh, be they'd be like. Uh, uh, That'd be like eating horseradish almost. It'll really it gets oh, that yeah. hot with fertilizer. Oh, yeah. That's like old school Texas gardening advice, right? Yeah, there. exactly. I, I, yeah, I want my like I want my school. eyes to bleed when <laughs> I eat a radish. <laughs> uh, bleed. No, everything I was, bleed out. I was down the garden. We had some tomato issues, so uh, uh, I had. You went ahead uh, and planted your tomatoes. No, I had not. They're oh. in my greenhouse, uh, and I had not um, watered them yesterday, and oh. so I was trying to revive them today. Ah, <laughs> oh. they'll, they'll drink it up. I just you know, is this weather ever? This is just weird. It's raining going to rain again today. Yeah. I mean, really? I can't get three oh. days without planting my tomatoes. I, I, I was in the garden. I finally got it rototilled. I got my uh-huh. rose. Uh-huh. But it's been too muddy to do anything You, you can't plant anything. No. I mean, it's just it's shutting. You know, it has been a little less wet than last year, a little bit. But the, the, the spacing between these storms is just making it impossible to actually get stuff in the ground. And, you know, I'm not like a rich attorney, the immigration. <laughs> Neither am I. Uh, Neither am I. I love, can, the, uh, I love the assumption. No, he is a rich medium mogul. <laughs> that can take <laughs> off, you know, take he, off. He is a member of the main ch- MSM over here. But uh, the, my killer is I can only work basically Friday afternoons and, and Saturdays and I Sundays, can only work Sundays Saturdays mornings. And Saturday I, afternoons. I have right. one day a week because I don't work Sundays in the garden, so I have and, Saturdays. Uh, yeah, so it's it's. So uh, I, I only go down to water, and that's what I did today. I went down to water, and I'm like, oh no, this is a problem. With the with the with the uh, the way the weather we've had, I, I'm I'm knocked out almost every weekend. And <laughs> and if it's not and raining, it's still too damn wet. It's still too wet. How many days do you need to plant them between rain? It's good to three. I want I want three it's days. It's got to firm up rain. enough so that it doesn't just wash yeah, away. Well, well not, really, it's the mud. Yeah. I mean, if, if you put them in mud, it's like putting them in concrete. You need to have a little bit of loosey, more granular soil so they'll get their roots quickly. Because tomatoes, you bury tomatoes. I even even did my rose where it rains and it washes off. Oh, see, I haven't had that problem. I've got every one of my seeds of everything I plant is planted for watermelon and pumpkins. Everything else is planted. Oh, uh, I haven't planted a No, thing. I planted – I mean, I planted uh, 40 rows of stuff it. so far. Chuck's on uh, it early. It only took me like an hour. <laughs> it only took, well, it didn't take long. I mean, that was two weeks ago. Oh, a week ago Saturday. It was two weeks ago this Saturday. Have you got, have you got sprouts? Just, just radish. Radishes, and it looks like I've got some cukes that are popping up, uh, and uh, some of the herbs are popping up. But I think I may have lost the corn again because uh, of the I rain. Mean, it's cold, and it was cold. It, and it, it, was, it was cold last it's week. Been, I don't know, you cold, checked, yeah. uh, do you know what the soil temperature is by chance? Uh, it can be much higher than about sixty-five. I, I'd be surprised if probably closer to sixty. Yeah. Which I mean, unfortunately, way? it's been inside my greenhouse was one hundred and ten yesterday. Yeah. You know? I've, got, I've, got, I've got a min max thermometer. I was one hundred and ten in there yesterday, so that's why I baked some of my tomato plants. Getting it in the greenhouse, where you yeah. You know, start. we ought to be. You ought to be. Oh, did you pass it on to that we are international? Oh, we are. We we uh, we had to give a shout out to a Serbian. Physician that listens to America's Radio. Awesome! Give a shout out to David. We had to. We give a shout out to. We awesome! Couldn't, couldn't pronounce his name, so we didn't want to butcher. It, so we just said it probably ends Serbian in Ick. I see. Uh, I think that's a safe. Well, I can't. Do they do they do their like some other countries that do their first names backwards or something or first? That would be Asians. That would be yeah. Chinese, that's that's Chinese uh, and Korean. Well, yeah. This guy. This guy. He's a doctor. He's uh-huh. the head of their uh, ICU uh, pulmonary uh-huh. uh, deal. And uh, I checked it out to make sure he, somebody wasn't just. You know, not he wasn't uh, catfishing you. Yeah, just and, to make sure he was. He is for real, and it's like 
Santia or something like that, and then it was C S A B A. And no, it's but the last names are last of it. But then when they, I, I emailed him and said thank you for your email yeah. or for your text message, and then he came back and just signed it uh, C S A B A, which I thought was his last name, but nickname. You know, Something like that. that. I, I couldn't figure it out. I didn't Some know. people have completely different nicknames from their actual real name, like me. My my real name's not Rocky. Real name's Fred. He could have a totally There's different name. Your, your parents didn't name you Rocky? <laughs> my parents didn't name me Chuck either. So no, it's, uh, my parents didn't name me um, Rocky. No, it has nothing to do with my name. Hey, I want to get I – you, I know you have some stuff you want to talk about, but uh, you you read Dustin's blog last week on, on Yasil Puig? Because I know you're a big baseball guy. Yes, yes, I how, did. How crazy is this guy's story? It, it – you know, he, he won't talk about it. No. Would you talk about no. it? No. If you had to pay some shady Miami sports agent 20% of your lifetime earnings and the Satas were the ones that got you out of out yeah. of Cuba, would you be talking about it? Yeah, that, that is uh, oh, kind of no. crazy. And um, I'm just curious whether the FBI is going to get involved based upon Dustin's uh, blog. Um there's there's a big piece uh, that's because uh, you know I'm on. Uh, I was tell, I was telling David, you know, anytime sports pop culture collide with what I do for a living, uh, it's just uh, I get giddy because I love sports <laughs> and stuff. But you know, there's a big piece that's about to come out. I think I want I want to say it's in like Salon or something like that. That uh, somebody did a lot of in, invest investigative journalism, <laughs> investigating. You know, trying to talk to secondhand sources because Puy won't talk about it. The Miami sports agent that that bought him that bought him from yeah. the Satis won't talk about. It. But uh, you know, we were talking about it probably the first fifteen minutes of the show. How it just kind of highlight. There's this is not uncommon for taxi drivers, clerks. I mean, people want to come here and. They uh, they're going to find a way, and, and oftentimes it's uh, through you know criminal organizations, and then you have these negative externalities of somebody being afraid to go to the authorities because mm-hmm. they uh, th- th- their family's life could be you know in danger in their home country. You know, I mean, it's crazy. Well, well they go up to the families so if they don't pay. I mean, exactly. It's, uh, I'm, I'm sure the Zetas aren't giving any press conferences on this oh, either, are they? <laughs> Last um, time I checked, they uh, they weren't giving press. But conferences this is on just this. continuing evidence that the lack of a of a sane immigration policy. Yep. Causes people to do stuff that's right. crazy. Well, now, my question though: was, Why wasn't he draft? If he was this good, which he clearly is, you know why? Is because baseball has some weird rule that Cubans can't be signed unless and until they've established residency. Oh, I bet you which it's a trade embargo. I bet is, you it's a trade embargo. Yeah, but if you can't, but another reason not to have the embargo. Yeah, exactly. Like but uh, correct me because I, I couldn't comment on this. There's, I mean, obviously, you know, there's some benefits in the INA designed for Cubans. If he got here, went for dry foot. Uh, yeah, but well, he had to get here. Maybe he just couldn't. He, didn't want he to probably just couldn't miles. get here. Yeah, he didn't want to swim ninety miles. But that, but how dumb is that? You have somebody that ate. I mean, he's not a drag on the economy. He got a forty-two million dollar contract. Yeah, somebody that has money, Magic Johnson, <laughs> is willing to pay him. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I talked about. I, I mentioned it briefly earlier that you know when you have uh, import. When you have ridiculous import and export controls on people by governments around the world, this is what happens. Cuba has yeah. ridiculous export controls, yep. dumb laws keeping people there, and we have dumb laws controlling the import of people, which is is it, just more evidence of how broken our system is. We don't let the people that need to be here come here easily. So what do they do? They turn to criminal organizations. And I mean, and they're more than happy to fill the void. Exactly. They're more than happy to fill the void. And just, it just, I mean, didn't we have a prohibition? (laughs) Whatever the people want that's prohibited, they will find the war on drugs. Yeah. Which is so bad. Now Holder 
is going to release people from jail with only a minor criminal conviction in the federal system. As he should be. As yeah. he should be. I mean, it's uh, it's it's crazy. But so I uh, digress there on the Puig thing. But uh, Chuck, immigrant uh, immigration detainers. I think. Uh, I think the death knell has been sounded for these things. There are so many communities that are just saying, none we're not. But none in the South, you know. None this. in the South. Well, none I mean, this, you don't um, relate to the party on most stuff. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I was just briefly talking about secure communities in 287G uh, before uh, before the break when you came in. And, you know, I like to put things in, in context of, in a different context so that people can kind of understand how this would relate to them in real life. And, and what an immigration detainer is, is basically some, uh, would be, it's akin to this. You getting a speeding ticket, but you have a, uh, an improper lane change violation in another county. And that's still pending. And this other county tells the county you got arrested him for speeding. Hey, hold on to him. For, we might uh, come by. We, we might come by and grab him. Yeah, but you need to and, pay for him. But, but you need to pay for him for 48 hours, yeah. but not Saturdays and Sundays because yeah. – We don't work Saturdays and Sundays. Enforcement is a high priority, yeah, but, but not, not Saturdays and Sundays. And we're, we're or holidays. holidays. Yeah. So it would be like you getting arrested for speeding, taken to jail, and the county you're in – Pay your fine. Pay your fine, and then you can get out. Except you can't. Except you can't because some other county, other jurisdictions says, ah, they have this real minor thing over here. Hold on to us. Hold on to them for us. We're going to come get them. And then, then when they do come get you, they say, oh, yeah, that county. Uh, but they don't have a warrant for yeah, you. No, 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 no. They don't have a, there's no, no warrant. warrant. All they there's said no is we've initiated an investigation. You may not be guilty of the crime at all. No. We, we just or want the you civil to hold them. We just want you to hold them. And then this is the most ridiculous part about it. And when I explain this to uh, to people that don't practice in immigration court, the bond system if I could pick one thing that they could fix with respect to detention, it would be how uh, it would be the the system by which bonds are set and granted. Because this is what happens, people. Somebody could be arrested for a DUI in Georgia that's undocumented. They will pay a county bond of roughly two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. The county lets them out, or would let them out on the posting of that bond. Under the, I mean, they're not tacitly saying, "Hey, we don't think you're a risk to the community," but by letting you out under the bond, that's basically what they're saying. When that person gets to immigration custody, if they're eligible for relief, judges will say, uh, we, "We're not setting a bond because he's a clear security risk to the community from one DUI." Even though the state of Georgia has said he's not, but if they do, <laughs> if they do, they'll set a ten thousand dollar bond minimum. Yeah. For- How dumb is that? Yeah. Well, if they'll even set it. If they'll, yeah, that's well, even what if, you, the, what if they'll you have even set people, it. People that are serving as so-called immigration judges who so-called. don't act like judges. No, no Because spine. actual judges make actual decisions. They take responsibility. And they responsibility. They're not yep. afraid to make decisions. Nope. And they're not enforcement agents. Nope. In fact, liberty, I think there's this, what is this thing called, David? You may be familiar with it. Um, oh, uh, uh, the Constitution. Constitution. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think you may have heard of that, I believe. Uh uh, it's a declaration. Life, liberty, pursuit, happiness is the declaration, but Bill it's, it's important. It's kind of important. <laughs> liberty is important. Liberty, not in I am free to do what I want. Liberty, as in the kind of of not being detained. Exactly. Liberty. That's exactly. I, I think, I think it. we kind of lose yep. that People word has lost it. a lot yep. of meaning yep. uh, for us. These guys, they were talking about liberty, liberty. in the context yep. of being free from detention. Free from physical yep. restraint by the state. And that's presumed. It is presumed a right to liberty. Yep. And But in the immigration context, it's presumed you don't <laughs> have a right to liberty. <laughs> Which is – Because they, they use this idea – they have two criteria. Yeah. 
danger to the community and yep. a flight risk. So, oh, you had a DUI. You're a danger to the community. And then they don't get to the second factor. Okay, well, I've been convicted of anything. Yeah, I was arrested for something. I haven't been convicted of anything. Right. So you can't use that <laughs> as a basis. Oh, you can't wait. use an act. They, but this and the judges are so fond to point this out. I realize, counselor, that's not a conviction, but I'm allowed to consider arrests. How ridiculous yeah. is that? In what How context? unconstitutional in what is that? That yeah. they're allowed to consider I, I don't, I don't arrest? That, by the way. No, I, I don't either. But yeah. they do, and it's just something that you judge, can't I let like on to, appeal. I like the citation that you yeah. think that that's the law. Uh, the law? The law? I like to see the law on that judge. <laughs> uh, and the other is, of course, that you are a flight risk. Clearly, that you might run away. Well, then put an ankle monitor on me. Right. Except the immigration judges can't order ankle monitors. Right. Only ice Only ankle ice monitors. Can. It's absurd. Uh, so if ICE lets you out, and ICE could so instead of paying you seventy two dollars, seventy dollars a day to, to CCA, yeah, they could pay seven twelve dollars a day on an ankle bracelet. Why don't they do that for everybody? Let me take a break here on America's Web Radio. We're right back with the Immigration Hour. Soy Charles Cook del Buffet de Abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, llámenos hoy. Conocemos la ley. Sabemos cómo ayudarle. Si hay algo que se puede hacer, nosotros lo podemos hacer. Llámenos a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos por el internet a la www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back on America's Web Radio. This is your host, Charles Cook and Rocky Rockcliffe. Um, this is still the most listened to immigration uh, podcast in the known universe. universe. Still. And so, Serbia. And Serbia. And Serbia. We got got listeners out there. I mean, it's uh yeah. Until somebody sends me an email saying we're not the uh, the number one listed to in the known universe, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna Nobody keep can that. Prove that. No, Nobody hey, can prove that. Tell you, your friends if you can prove us. Yeah, if you can prove that we're not, we'll stop saying it. That's right. So. <laughs> hey, I want to expand one more I know you want to get you, to you this. You know why? Uh, this, because the, we're the, fair and balanced. We're I am. You know what? I'm not fair balanced. This is all my opinion, people. It's not. It's not your opinion. No, no. You're not. But, but I, my opinion is fair and balanced. <laughs> my opinion is fair and balanced. Okay. Um, anyway, I want. By the add, way, I was watching John Stewart last night, he's and I great. encourage you to watch John Stewart last night because uh, they talked about the rancher. Uh, I know Dave I was a big fan of this guy out in. Uh, is it Bundy? Is it Bundy. Cliven Bundy. Uh, is that Al's brother? Or King Kong's brother. I forget which brother he is. Did, did he do a bit on it? Because I saw a bunch it of people post John Stewart hilarious. stuff. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to go check it out on, on my uh No, you can do that. It's time. hilarious. I, I, <laughs> now, Dave, I don't know where you are on the position of um, people uh, stealing government property, uh, including grazing rights. Perhaps you support Mr. Bundy for his uh, – because really what is welfare, right? He's taking government welfare by not paying for it, so he's therefore a moocher on society. Yeah, I think uh, I think both sides in the in the thing are just being dumb. This is, Pay your taxes. Oh, don't try to take people's cattle in a in a in a 
like in a in a press stunt. Yeah, okay? yeah that, that was I mean, stupid. That, that was, was I'm not defending what they did. No, I'm no, I'm not defending that. But, but I'm also not defending not paying what the taxes he did was steal. for 20 years. I, you know, he stole. Lots I, of ranchers don't like the policy, but they pay. Well, you know, the, the thing is, it depends. It, it depends. Now, his situation goes back to his great grandfather, and there used to be grazing rights that there was no pay on, right? And and could be passed on from generation to generation. Law changed, and he lost the law. But and, some, and, he, and he lost that right, and then that happens. Well, that, that may ha- and it happened uh, to every other he, he, out there. But there's a difference in paying grazing rights at, and paying taxes. From oh, my understanding, are. he has paid his taxes. Hey, no, it's all about his taxes are fine. It's his it, grazing rights, his grazing which, right. le- which round to about a million dollars. So all of his competitors are paying their grazing are paying these grazing rights, and so their cows cost more. So therefore, his cows are being subsidized. Now, by Rocky, his Rocky, Rocky would classify that as capitalism. No, 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 and this is the thing, is that when you're a big producer and you have a monopoly on the production of a good or service, you have every incentive to use the regulatory scheme to, to beat down your competition. Well, well, and I hate that. Well, well, that is well, not capitalism. One of the hilarious uh, parts of now, did Bundy Is Bundy uh, making his profit using undocumented? Uh, I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. If he is, I mean, that, that's a problem as well. But think about this. If he, unless he, if he pays them, it's not because he's paying – if he paid them a fair wage, right. it's still the cost of production. What's funny is that he said, you know, of course he is, he is upset because uh, uh, he would have to actually pay for what he's receiving for free right now. Right. Uh, which is he believe to feed his animals uh, on the property, which every one of his competitors is doing. But he, his response is, I don't recognize the federal government. Hey, followed, awesome. by, followed by a picture awesome. of him riding a horse <laughs> yeah. carrying the American flag. Swear <laughs> <laughs> oh, to God, you this have got hilarious. You got, to, you got to come on Undisputed where we can it's, talk about this hilarious. in a different context. I love flag waivers that say I'm a sovereign citizen, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, America. and then they got the American flag. Yeah. Like, Chief, you are so <laughs> off the reservation. Are, are yeah, you saying I should take our flag down? No, 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 no. But if you're going to sit there and say that you don't recognize the, the, the federal government and that you're claiming the, the sovereign citizen movement. Whose constitution is also violating? Don't – you need you need to be a lot more clear in what it is that you stand for or don't stand for before you wrap yourself up in the flag. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's – I mean – just wrapping yourself up in the flag. I don't have any this problem displaying it or anything, this but like, hilarious. don't but wrap yourself in the flag. We don't know what you're talking about. They want to repeat yeah. Ruby Ridge. They want to repeat Waco again. They yeah. Elian Gonzalez. The, you know I have. I'm not. Take yeah. Take him to court. Yeah. Get the judgment against him, and then just impound his property. I mean, just good. And, he goes to auction. Yeah. Put a lien on his cattle. Bam! Collect your money. The what I can't understand is uh, how many acres is, is involved. You know. I would assume hundreds of acres because, I mean, this is sparse but, ranch. This is, well, I know. I mean, this it, is the freaking desert. Well, You're not raising a cow, 50 cows on right. one acre. I no, you know, my my uncle, uh, when we, uh, he, uh, ranched in New Mexico, he, he ran a cow and a calf on 40 acres. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, from all I've heard about Bundy was that his, he was running like 400 head. It's got to be a massive amount of and, money. And I, I'm just wondering because uh, a head is an acre. Well, basically. the thing is, the the, the a head one cow. That's about you need an acre for a cow. Need, this well, well, like I said though, my my uncle was running a cow and a calf on forty acres. Yeah. So on that kind of land, I would assume that a cow would be yeah. 
probably more like 50 or 60 yeah. acres. I mean, there's nothing growing there. I mean, it's pretty well, sparse. Stuff. The, 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 un, the whole under – I talked about this last week on, on Undisputed, which airs on America's Web Radio from 9 to 10 on Thursdays. <laughs> Good plug in there. Uh, the issue – the problem there is why is the federal government owning all this land? Sell it off. Like, there's no reason for you to own – there's no reason for the uh, well, I don't disagree with that. To, I don't yeah, agree. but, but that's not, a collateral issue to pay your grazing fees like everybody else does. They don't act like you're a victim. Yeah. Which doesn't uh, currently exist there. Uh, uh, or better yet, they can't turn it into a national park. Or into a like solar – or into a which solar farm. Which still me about uh, Grand Steps, the, the, the <laughs> park in, in Southern Utah, which took away land from my family. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. How much? How much land does the federal government own? I just heard this. All today. of it is not in private hands. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they own more than two thirds of the state of Utah and Nevada. Mm-hmm. If well, you look at a map, how much do they own in the United States? How much federal land does the U.S. Well, very government little own? in the eastern United States. Oh, very little in the eastern. They own the majority of the land west of the Mississippi. Yeah. They own a th- they own a third of all the land. Okay, yeah, which would be the that's of the ac- land that's actually Mississippi. yeah that's actually lower than I thought it would be. But yeah, they're yeah huge landholder. Have you been except out except for the amount that they're giving to China now. <laughs> Anyways, I, I want to talk about this yeah, thing yeah. from Jay get Johnson. Back, get back to Jay. So Jay Johnson, who is the new head of Homeland Security, yep. apparently they're putting up the trial balloons. <laughs> Float up in the air. Float the ideas. Hey, hey, Float dudes, it out. Uh, yo, GOP crazy dudes. We're thinking about this. Would you shoot my balloon, please, and see what what, what comes out of it? No, no, no. The balloon <laughs> is we're we're not going to deport people who come back to the U.S. after we deported them. That, that's all, that's really that's the balloon. That why, makes no sense. Why are you not enforcing the law? That's, yeah, that's, that's you the must other enforce stuff. the law. The law <laughs> is the law. You mean the law that requires you to pay grazing fees on your property? That law? That's the Stop. law you're talking about. Stop. Right? Stop. Uh, anyway, so uh, these tribal you were for the tie-in, weren't you? That's the tie-in. Um, so every year, I mean, it's, I don't think it's as much anymore as it used to be. Certainly back in the mid two thousands. Many people that have been deported in the '92 they came back. They came back because it's harder family. to come back now because they have families here. They have families here, and so they've been. And many of them have been here for years. I met with somebody right. yesterday who's been here for Deport, years deported for a, a non-criminal violation right. of the law. And so uh, this is um, uh, this would be some sort of by fiat proposal akin. Now this isn't talking about giving them status. Yeah, this isn't expanding not deferred about, action uh, or deferred enforcement. Not doing it. Uh, so. It's a little unclear. This comes out of a couple of people in con- uh, 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 that maybe are supposed to be in the know. This is a precursor to yeah. Obama say, seeing Congress not pass reform in June right. and July and then going ahead and defer actioning everybody else that's here. Yeah, Because this is the group that's the hardest to defer action right. with prior orders. Mm-hmm. Now, these are people with, with prior orders but don't have any criminal convictions. Right. They're removed because of undocumented status. Right. But federal law says they are permanently barred. Permanently barred. They can't ever get any immigration mm. benefits. And I am you, – you You know where I stand on this and I and, and I think you – same place. I am 100 percent in favor of doing something to help these people. But this is literally the worst thing that could happen politically because it will make compromise on some form of comprehensive reform that makes sense for everybody virtually impossible for years to come. I mean, oh. it'll be. I mean, it'll be basically. You think they're. You think they're not working with each other now? 
wait till wait till something like that happens and this law and order crowd and the tea party whatever he's not enforcing the law we can't compromise on anything with a president that doesn't enforce the law except and, when you don't pay your grazing fees right except when you don't pay <laughs> sorry i mean it's just so obvious <laughs> no, 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 i agree hypocrisy the hypocrisy of that side of the aisle is the hypocrisy their lack of political knowledge of this is a win for you sitting out there and and, and that's the problem they're just stalling on this and obama and, and, and listen, you've listened to this show enough. You know I'm not an Obama supporter anymore than I was a Bush supporter or Republicans or Democrats. Obama knows he needs to get something done politically to police a base that he promised if stuff he to. he wants to make sure Hillary's president, <coughs> president in 2016, which scares oh, you man. both, I believe, doesn't it? <laughs> the, well, this the, the thing I operate with presidents is uh, – Every president will at some point make you nostalgic for their predecessor. Okay? <laughs> so uh, so as much as I is. didn't like Bush, Obama makes me nostalgic for Bush. Hillary, as much as you don't like her, you'll you'll say this to you know two years into a president. Man, remember the good old days with Obama? Yeah. And, then, and then somebody after her. But yeah, it was. But that's the thing is this: if they uh, well, if I think, they, I think Chelsea's gonna be running for office soon, <clears> so we get Chelsea up there. Well, she's at least married to some hedge fund manager guy. Somebody might not. That might understand that we can't print ourselves into oblivion. So that might actually be a good thing. But the, you know, the, the issue with this is that is the uh, the more likely that is that that uh, there's some sort of executive action unilaterally on uh, on on immigration makes it less likely in the long run that we'll have a comprehensive fix. And that's and that's just sad because we are in need of a comprehensive fix on both the family side, the removal side, and the employment side. It's the, I tell you, we, I we mean, just went just, through the H-1B debacle, and uh, it's just uh, – <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. We had one of our clients we filed about 15 H-1Bs for, and every one of them got picked in the lottery. Wow. What are the chances of that? Wait, really? Because how, how many were filed? Fifteen. Oh, I mean, how many? Seventy-five thousand for eighty-five thousand slots. And fifty percent chance. Yeah, but you got them all. That all in one client. Now that's not true for every client, of course. But yeah, yeah. that was an act. I mean, that was just weird. They saw. They saw. They saw. Cook Immigration Partners on there like, I've, we got to take care of this. Yeah, I, don't think that was it. I, think I think it's just luck. I think it's no, just it's, luck it is luck. And there's probably some people out there that got zero. Yeah. yeah it's just luck of the draw. Street. We filed four, two got picked, two But days. how awesome is that, that that our importation of skilled labor is based on luck? How dumb yeah, is it's, that? It's stupid. It's like it's like the lottery, the green card lottery. Which <laughs> yeah, I, have which I don't like that. I, I think it's, it's dumb. stupid. All right. It's been been a great show. So next week, I'll David's talk about the full time. All right. Uh, and, uh, you got to give the people what they want. They want I'm going to go see my grandbaby this weekend. Uh, yeah. the grandbaby now. Look at the grandbaby on my, web, on my Facebook page. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, back next week on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.